0: interview recommencing on March 24th 2018. DC's Crocker and Donaldson are present and we're on the case looking for some Sunhill gold dust. And we've got plenty of evidence to have you lot locked up for the next 45 minutes.
1: Happy days thinking back then, you know, these early... Oh, God. I mean, I had so much fun. I mean, the, the weird, the strange thing for me was um, the first time I turned up on set, well, actually turned up in the green room and kind of, you know, sharing a, a dressing room with Andrew Paul. Oh, cool. And, and I remember it was funny because... Like I said earlier, you know, there was this kind of feeling that all these guys that I'd seen on the screen and I'd been watching and I'd kind of really admired their work and everything. Suddenly I'm sitting in a green room with them Mm. and I'm sitting there and I'm looking around and there's Mark Wingett and... Jeff Stewart playing Hollis. And he was brilliant because he was always the most. When he got into character, he was in character. And when he was him, he was like, wow, you're not your character at all. You're, someone, you're definitely you know, making a leap in, yeah. in, in acting terms. And then there was a sort of real camaraderie because a lot of the time, I remember, we were actually, we'd get into the studios, you know, six o'clock, six o'clock call. So mm. we'd be in really early, you know, be there before the kind of everyone else is at work. And then we'd be in makeup and we'd get ready. And then, you know, I'm sitting there with my suit on, made up, ready to work, seven o'clock in the morning. And then the scene would get delayed and you wouldn't be on for like another four hours or something like that. Right, yeah. So I'd either go to, you know, sit in the dressing room for a little while and learn some lines. Or go and sit in the green room and have a bit of a laugh, watch some morning TV. (laughs) And then, you know, and then you just start getting up to mischief because it's kind of like, right now I'm really bored. You know, so I'd go out onto the flight, they used to call it the flight deck, and start, you know, sort of flirting with the secretaries (laughs) or like going down to the sort of having a word with the the directors and just poking your nose in business and trying to find out what's going on and, (laughs) you know, just hanging about and making, making a nuisance on myself. I think what happens is... you. We were there, like, all the time. It was like, you know, it would be seven days a week. It would be 12-hour days. And, you know, when you're actually there, you you know, you're not working all the time, but you were there. There was nowhere else you could go, nowhere else you could be. So there was this kind of, like, family feel. And there were always, like, three units filming at the same time. So there was, like, you know, you were crossing over with other actors and meeting these people and then guest artist friends would turn up you know like oh hey how you doing oh yeah you're doing an episode and you know you'd get to hang out and then all the food was laid on so you'd go and get go to the canteen and go and hang out with the casting directors you know it was like a sort of weird sort of semi-functional dysfunctional family you know in this kind of warehouse in Merton yeah yeah you know that you could kind of Dip in and out of, and then it, and then of course you go out on, on out on set out on location and you know some of the fun the best memories for me were you know when they closed the roads off in Merton and my first driving scene yeah. when I first joined the bill they were, they put me through my um, driving test and right, yeah. you know made sure I was I was I was up for driving and everything and then I sort of started and then my first episode of a driving scene they were like closed all the streets off in Merton and then I had to sort of screech around the corner and pull up outside this thing and get out you know and then run into the building you know what fun yeah. for a sort of you know 20 whatever year old you know having just passed his driving test uh, you know and i remember this director actually sort of um after one take he, he said that's all great you know you hit your marks we got the right shot and everything but next time just do it a bit faster right. and i was like yes i will and yeah. i kind of got back in the car you know it's like a license to sort of just drive crazy around the streets, you know with yeah. no other drivers around yeah. so that was a real fun aspect to it there was also being out on location you would end up in all these kind of different people's houses and yeah. uh, like in like little flats and things like this and it was always i found it fascinating just like being in other people's light like you know uh, suddenly like this film crew would just turn up and be in a in this person's house like it, it's almost like you know just take it over and so you just get to hang out in these different places and see these different you know sometimes they were sort of quiet, down at heel flats you know in tower blocks or whatever and then there's some and then sometimes there there's sort of these mansions and yeah. so it's just it was really interesting the whole thing was like just a sort of bit of a laugh and a bit of a game and a sort of yeah, this is all right. You know, yeah. could do this. I'm getting paid to to do this. <laughs> this is good. Yeah, I might as well do this for a bit longer. Yeah. You know.
0: And what about like, was there a lot? Like, do you remember the first time you got recognised from being in the bill?
1: Or? I don't remember the first time, but but um, I remember a very strange feeling because what happened actually soon after I started the job in the bill, Ian Fletcher had a room going, and he lived in very he lived uh, near a the studios than than I lived I lived like quite far away so he said oh if you want you can come and you know I've got a room you can rent so I moved in with Ian and um we sort of um had quite a laugh together, do you know what I mean? We, we just hung out and kind of went out together. And <laughs> we were like, it was a bromance. Let's just, <laughs> let's just face it, it was a bromance, okay? I moved in with him and his cats. Yeah. Sneaklepuss. <laughs> it was his cat. or I still remember his cats. Oh, well, strange. Anyway, so we were living in his house and we were having a laugh, both working on the bill. And he, I remember going out, walking down the street with him. Yeah. And I And I noticed that he was getting recognised. And I could notice it visibly. Like, people were, like, doing double takes. And, you know, by that point, he'd been playing Rod Skates for, like, three years or something like that. Yeah, that's right. And it was noticeable, you know. And I think it must have been about six months, because I didn't do many episodes when I started. I kind of finished slow starting. And then after about a year, I think, it was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. And the strangest thing that I'll get, and I still remember this, I got this um, guy... Come up to me, and I, I get this a lot. They come up to me and sort of say, "All right, mate, I know you," and and I would say, "Oh right, okay, you, oh great, nice to meet you." And they'd say, "Where? Why do I know you?" Though? <laughs> and I would, and I and I I kept at one point, you know, I, I sort of go, "Well, because I'm in the bill," or, or like that. And, you know, I sort of started to feel a bit silly saying that because you know. <laughs> most people when you say that would go oh no 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 i never watched the bill you know so you'd feel like a bit of an idiot to be honest so I thought okay right I'm just going to find a way of dealing with this and I'd go yeah I'm not sure but yeah and they'd go yeah you're from like my old school aren't you so loads of people used to think I went to school with them in the end, i just used to play along. Yeah, I'd go, yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> and, then and then I'd just kind of excuse myself and go. And wow. And it, it, yeah, it was a real sort of... I really noticed after a while that there was a sort of... Yeah, like, it was really interesting from a psychological point of view that, you yeah. know, because, you know, being a sort of mid-twenties, being recognised, there's something about the ego that can really feed into, some, into you, you know, like, I am someone. Yeah. you know I am someone we're, we're, you know and really that's just bullshit it's an illusion you know you are yeah you are someone but you're you're just someone who's on the bill you yeah. <laughs> so, know you're an actor so I think what happened with me was I quite liked it yeah you know it, it, there's something about suddenly being recognised and being kind of even if they were sort of just thought it was because I went to school with them yeah. <laughs> it was still sort of it opened up conversations with people yeah you know yeah. like um a bit later I moved into a flat in Brixton and I li- used to live in Brixton there's a big sort of West Indian following of the bill yeah. and I used to go down to my local off-license you know and uh there were all these guys outside going yeah 5-0 5-0 5-0's here you know and we'd just have a laugh together you know because they were fans of the bill and I remember one of the funniest funniest things and I, this was a little bit cruel actually you know, I was quite into the odd party here and now. I'd would You know, I was going out raving and doing all sorts of things. Yeah. And I went to this big um, rave out in the middle of the country somewhere. I can't remember what it was called, but there was this big party going on. It was dancing, dancing, dancing away. And I remember this guy came up to me and he said, Oi, oh, hey, mate, you're from the Billionaire, Like this. And by this point, I'd started carrying around my... Um, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm allowed to say this, but uh, I started carrying around my identity, my badge with <laughs> my picture in, DC Proctor. And, and he was going, you're from the Bill, aren't you, mate? Yeah, yeah. And I was like going, yeah, yeah. But I was kind of a little bit, you know, had a few whatever, drinks yeah. and this <laughs> and that. And, uh, and he said, oh, you've got to do this thing, to, mate. You've got to, oh, you really have to do this for me. And he basically persuaded me to go over to his mate, and I pretend to and him. pretend to like want to search him, and I and I kind of thought, yeah, all right, and I kind of and I played along and I went for it, and the, the guy's face, the guy's face, he went white as a sheet, white as a sheet, so he was obviously guilty of something. Yeah, and uh, and I pulled out my card and everything and said, yeah. DC Proctor, mate, I've been watching you, and you know he I felt so bad I had to really apologise to him afterwards God, just was <laughs> like I'm really sorry mate so sorry I'm so sorry he was your mate he set, set you up
0: oh that's gold dust I know
1: so I, did, I have that etched in my memory because I just thought oh my god poor guy yeah. poor guy
0: looks like he never comes in here like a 20 year you know yeah, yeah, yeah. still it? suffering yeah. and the paranoia <laughs> being watched <laughs> Well, yeah, you did get busier, like, nineteen ninety eight Series 15, and, like, suddenly you're getting starring yeah. rolls all over the place. Yeah. And there's a brilliant one called Pressure Point. Yeah. And Pressure Point, you get this, as you say, in it, it, uh, this James Bond call where a lady wants to, yes. to meet you and just deal with you because she's been there. Uh, witness of a of a burglary oh yeah you've got some behind the scenes snaps here
1: yeah 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 well I kept a lot of the continuity photos because oh. so to, to, I thought when you know I'm meeting you and I kind of wanted to remind myself Yeah. and uh, yeah I think I think Pressure Point was this one there's a picture of me and the, the guest actor
0: yeah she's an intimidated witness played by Carol Starks she's ah. the actress ah, okay and she wants it, it's a good one because uh, George Rossi's
1: joined the cast George by the Rossi point. lovely lovely fellow. yeah
0: he plays it so well Duncan Lennox. Duncan Lennox. Yeah. Fantastic. Because in this episode, he's quite interested in the idea that a burglar's left an earprint and he's following up on like the, the forensics of an earprint. Yes. He yes. really wants you to come and get involved, but Tom's had his sort of uh, James Bond calls. He's like, Look, if you don't mind, I'm going to follow up something else. Yes. He's like, oh, yeah, you're not, is this not good enough for you, Tom? He's like, no, no, it's not that. And. Tom's having a bit of a crisis in this episode, and you're actually yeah. going around. You have seen a one-on-one with all of the CID characters to ask for advice. Yes. So there's a great bit where you you sit down with Billy Murray and you're talking through. Yeah. You know, Billy Murray says, "Well, I haven't heard anyone say a bad word about you, Tom." He said, "Yeah, but have you heard anyone say a good word? Yes, about Yes, that's me? right. This is all he's desperately
1: about. seeking approval from yeah. from the most corrupt. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: couple of the he'll ever had. Yeah." Then you go and see Carol Starks' character, and she doesn't feel comfortable. She doesn't want to go to court or anything like that. So That's she's right. like, I can't help you. So right. Then you're going back and you're talking it through a Russell Bolter. And he said, well, look, you've got to to say that you won't be able to keep her name out. You know, she needs to progress. And you said, well, that's not right, is it? You know, that's not fair. And he gives you this stare as if to say, look, if you want to progress... You're a
1: copper, you need to sort yourself out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And you're getting all this differing advice. I mean, Sean Scott says, look, you're not playing your strengths, which is that you're a nice guy. Yeah, that's right. I remember, yes. You've got these great
1: scenes with all of your fellow cast members. (laughs) yes. Uh, it's funny you should talk about that scene with Sean Scott because i remember what happened in that just before that scene started. Sean Scott was another one for just completely messing around <laughs> on set. He was used to make his entrance f- from the cupboard behind his <laughs> desk. <laughs> As if he was appearing from Narnia. Yeah. <laughs> so i just remember having a very serious scene with him and him sort of yeah come on you know having appeared out of out of the wardrobe. Yeah, <laughs> very yeah. strange. Yeah, I remember that because that was kind of like Tom Proctor's morals are on the line. Yeah, yeah. And I had to sort of make a decision. I don't know if I made, I think I made the wrong decision. I sort of went against my, didn't I go against? You, you did. It.
0: Yes, you did. Well, you, you follow Russell Bolter's advice yeah. and then you put her in this horrible position. You felt oh, terribly yes. guilty about it.
1: He's so weak-willed, wasn't yeah. he, Tom Proctor? He, he sort of thought he was doing the best yeah. copper thing, but I mean, actually,
0: she ends up like running away to a spa, and you've got to then go and find her. That's right.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a nice day filming in, the, in that place.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then the person that they've framed, because her husband's actually done the crime in it, yes, but he's framed her ex-lover. And when you turn up to arrest him, he punches you in the face. <laughs> so then you bang him against the car bonnet and you get your nicks. That's the end of part two. I think that's your first, your nicked. Yes. And um, anyway, it turns out at the end that you've suspected the husbands, actually. And you go and see Deakin. That's he, right. And he says, right, follow your instinct. What do you want to do? Because they've arrested this bloke. Yeah, yeah, who's a criminal. yeah, yeah. he's like, I don't think it's the right result. And he said, right, yes. well, let's support you.
1: That's great. So he was redeemed. Yes, he was redeemed. You that's get the drums right.
0: again because he says, "Yeah, look, and he'll, I'll support you. Let's go do it." Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's so we. good to
1: be reminded of these yeah. these storylines because you know I think that's it. The, you know part of the thing becomes a bit conveyor belt that they all sort of blend into one. So it's really nice to hear your sort of take on it. Oh, you know, yeah. like, this is your the storyline, and I, and it's just brought it all back. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I remember that. Well, fantastic. it's One of mine.
0: This is more of a comedy one. Yeah. It's called Wedded Bliss. Wedded remember bliss. Wedded Bliss? There's some Irish characters who are posing as Romanians and they basically get married loads and loads of times with fake names. It's like an immigration scam. Okay. Alex Walkinshaw and Suzanne Maddock come to tell you about this scam. Yeah. And then, I don't know if you remember this gag, you start looking around your desk and you open the CID door and they say, What's wrong? You say, Sorry, I was just looking for Jeremy Beadle. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I remember that line I
0: laughed out loud watching that fact the other day it's great and you've got lots of nice little gags in this because then you turn up to do um, an undercover job at a wedding and there's all these people in Star Trek uniforms okay and then it comes to, and your watches are walked by you dressed like Patrick Stewart and Joy asks you something on the radio, and you say, Aye, aye,
1: Captain. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I yeah. have no memory of that. I obviously, he's <laughs> not present and correct yeah. that day. And then you, you
0: you arrest the chief villain, she comes around the corner, and you're just walking away, and just say, I think the phrase is, you're nicked. Really? you get loads of great lines of his Wow. I must, I must
1: see if I can find that episode. Yeah. That would yeah. be amazing.
0: Yeah. yeah. We talked about this just before we started recording is an episode called Integrity and you're yeah. in a convoy. Clive Wedderburn gives you the wrong the wrong street address, he tells you to go go left instead of right. And a convoy turns up, always blokes in hooded masks and baseball bats, smash the shit out of your car. Poor old Proctor again. Oh. Even even,
1: it's not even his fault. I was set up there, wasn't yeah. I? Obviously, by yeah. Clive. what was Clive's character called? Uh, Gary McCann. Gary McCann stitched me up there. <laughs> yeah. He stitched me up for good and.
0: What's it like filming a big stunt like that? I mean, you have another big stunt in Ashes to Ashes, where, like, you know, these vans screeching down streets and people getting shot. I
1: mean, you know, it's, it must be quite a lot of pressure when you're yeah. in the action. Do you know what? Yeah, we, I think when it when it's actually happening, it's very pressured. But at the same time, it's so choreographed that it feels like it can't actually go wrong. Right. And I remember a lot of those big scenes and those lot those choreographed scenes... You'd be out on location for hours and hours and hours. And then you'd go through the motions of like this is going to happen there, that is going to happen there. So it was very sort of highly choreographed to the point where, yeah, you kind of got to get it right, you know, Mm. because we can't do this too many more times. But at the same time, it felt like, yeah, there's enough time that we've spent here you know, kind of sitting in the Winnie know <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> kind of like waiting and waiting and waiting. So you, you're kind of rearing to go yeah. by the time it actually gets round to it. You know, yeah. And then the and then the feeling of relief when they, you know, when they sort of say, right, that's it. You know, And no. then you're off yeah. for the next, you know, learning lines in the car on the way home for the next day. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's sort of yeah. They, it sort of had its highs and its lows and those kind of nice sort of big juicy scenes also had this sort of feeling of like indeterminate kind of waiting waiting around you know all the stuff that people don't think about yeah I always always said you get paid to wait we're getting paid to wait around that's what you're doing a lot of time you know the other thing was you know like I became an actor so I didn't have to wear a suit and go to work (laughs) and I ended up like three years like doing 12 (laughs) hour days putting a suit on like oh how, how did this happen who were the
0: most impatient waiters of your fellow cast who, was, who, was a, who would you not want to be sat in a, in a car with waiting and waiting and waiting was everyone pretty
1: good do you know what I think most people were pretty good I'm just looking at uh, like a photo here do you know what there was I had a lot of fun with a lot of people on this on this show the only times when it got kind of tetchy let's say you know towards the end of a day when the shots weren't kind of going right, and you know, you know that you've got another twelve-hour day to follow, mm. and you know, people would uh, lose it, but not to the point where it was kind of like, you know, throwing their toys out their prams. I remember what one thing that I noticed. You know, from the very first moment I stepped onto the set of the bill, you know, Jeff Stewart, very interesting guy because he, I believe, he'd been in it since the beginning. Yeah, so in the first episode. Yeah. yeah. So he was kind of like the Bill Mafia, mm. the Godfather, <laughs> yeah. you know. And you wouldn't get that from his character, but he had this sort of presence on set that it was almost as if when he was in a scene, he was directing it. Right. The, you know, the director could be saying anything, and he would kind of he would either make it known that he wasn't going to do that in a nice way, or he would just ignore the director and do it the way he wanted to do it. And, you know, in some ways, I respected what he was doing because he had a kind of real way of commanding the set and he knew his character and he had a lot of experience and he knew how to make things run smoothly. And uh, and I think because the bill was a sort of a training ground for a lot of actors and a lot of directors, sometimes it needed someone to step in and do that. Mm. That could feel like someone's taking control, and you're getting your, your your toes stepped upon, you know. And as a sort of new actor, you know, I kind of thought, "Wow, that, that guy's got balls!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like yeah. to do that. You know, I very much uh, played Mister Nice Guy with most of the directors I work with, and, and and all the new directors that came through, and and all the new actors and guest artists. I just thought, you know what, these people. Uh, we're all in this together and, and this job isn't going to last forever. Mm. You know, like, there's no point in being an arsehole because yeah. if I'm an arsehole, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet these people, you know, and it's going to be, that's going to come back on me. And I, mm. so I just always did my best to make everyone feel at home. Everyone, you know, I always had a sort of, I, I don't know, I don't want to paint a, like, a sort of like strange picture, but, um, you know, I always sort of had a smile on my face, always had a laugh. We were always mucking about. There's a picture here with Ray Ashcroft, who was one of the sort of most. He he was so devious in his kind of humour. He was so lovely and and uh, and warm. We always had, always had such a laugh on set as well. You know, Matt Crompton. Can't remember what character he played. but Sam Harker. Sam Harker. That's it. So he was he was always just wonderful friend. We ended up. He did a bit of DJing and I did a bit of DJing, so we ended up living quite close to each other, and we'd sort of like go around and do these sort of DJ sets together at this local pub and everything. So that was fun. Yeah, I mean, there was just you know, I, I had a few fallings out. I had a fall out with Mark Wingett at one point, which was quite funny. Oh. Um, well, it wasn't funny at the time, but we sort of laughed about it afterwards. There was this whole thing where you know, as a sort of. Uh, s- s- I don't want to say the word celebrity, but I guess, you know, they would have all these like celebrity football matches and cricket matches and things like this. Yeah. And Mark was very prolific in in helping organize these cricket matches for charity and stuff. And I I kind of, at that point, I was just saying yes to everything. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll come along. You know, I wasn't, I was sort of a bit, a bit like my character, a bit wet behind the ears, (laughs) you know, like, so I remember this one, one weekend when the, cricket match came round and I was a bit like, oh do you know what? I can't be asked. <laughs> I'm oh. not gonna go. And I remember thinking, oh well I probably should call Mark and let him know that I can't make it or whatever, but I just I just did a crap one and I bailed out. And I remember coming into work the next day and uh let's just say Mark was not happy and then when Mark wasn't happy you knew about it. Right. And there was all there was this standoff in the green room. Oh, you know, and it yeah. was like it was almost like Proctor and Carver do you yeah, know what I mean? yeah, like he—he's the dinosaur. And I'm the new buck or whatever. And I just remember, like, we had this standoff, and we ended up like throwing fruit at each other. I thought <laughs> that's quite funny, it's like an actors' fight. <laughs> yes, it's like yeah, throwing fruit at each other. Like, no, you said you were going to come. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and then, like, le- you know, later on, I was kind of like tail between my legs, kind of sorry, Mark. Or, or, I won't do that again. And yeah. you know, and I had been, you know, I'd kind of let him down, so. You know, there was sort of it was like being in a family, like I say. You know, some things you got wrong, some things you got right, and you know, there were just all sorts of wonderful people and different people to hang out with. You know,
0: and is it nice when you're in that position and then like Clara Salomon joined the camp? Clara, yeah, and like you've been established in for two years. and her first episode, she spends with you. It's called Millennium. Yes, so you're taking her
1: through. Our first episode. Is that where I got held hostage? You got tasers. <laughs> Tasered. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. taken and held in a flat. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. That's that one's stuck in my memory. Then that's it's a good one, that isn't
1: it? Yeah, that was a great. I remember that episode because it was again it was like this um, flat in Brixton, this high rise flat, and there was all this kind of red lighting, and the main uh, protagonist in it. Had, you know, he was like, "Yeah, the end of the world is nigh," and he was this kind of nutter. Yeah, and he ended up tasering me and keeping me hostage in his flat. That's right, and, yeah, threatening and I, you with a grenade. With as well. a grenade. That's yeah, that was it. And and there's something about you know that kind of sitting in a flat all day, filming those kind of scenes, is that you know you really get into the yeah. part. Like, I really, I'm really in this. Yeah. So I, yeah, that one sticks to, in the memory. Yeah, and Clara. Wonderful, Clara. Like I had such a such a fun with her, and such, we had such a laugh together. And I didn't know about her whole sort of she'd become an author, and mm. I read this whole article about her autobiographical thing about a boat trip. And yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, well done. Oh, that's you know amazing to hear. I'd love to I'd love to read one of her books. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad she's done we, so well.
0: Were well, you and Clara and George a quite a unique episode? The, the title
1: is called Haunted. Probably gives you a clue. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, was that like a sort of Halloween yeah, episode? Yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> yeah. And it
1: was just beyond... Yeah, we all ended up in this this house and, and there was a ghost. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: you get Proctor's story. You all get the story in each ad break. That's right. Nice. So you're, you're driving with your takeaway to bring around on this oboe in this haunted place. Remember, so yeah. they say it's haunted. This bloke crosses the road and you almost hit him and you look up again and he's, he's gone. gone. And then you say, oh, it's really spooked me out that." And then like, oh, I don't believe in ghosting. He's like, "Well, can you say that." And then it goes back to to Proctor's story when he's in uniform and there's a yeah. girl downstairs. That's and, it. Yeah, but they have a lot of haunted music as well. Yeah, like it a really was a real mold. Yeah, yeah It's directed yeah. by Chris
1: Lovett as well. Chris Lovett, wonderful. Yeah, love him. He yeah, did more
0: more episodes of a Bill than
1: any director. Oh, did he? he did yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. He was. Yeah, I saw his face a lot, he, and he, he always felt in good, safe hands with him. Right. Yeah. You know. Even when you were doing strange episodes like that. Yeah. Kind of like, really? Are we really (laughs) doing this? Yeah. Okay, let's do that. That seems like fun.
0: It must have been quite nice when they break the mould like that and they give it to you. Yeah. That's a nice compliment, isn't it? Absolutely,
1: yeah. I mean, you know, I think that's the thing when you... uh, There was a whole era, I remember, when, um, you know, the first thing an actor would do when they get a script is kind of flick through it, see how many lines they've got. you know. And there was a whole... There was a whole era when... I think you mentioned it. there was a sort of like two advert breaks or something like that so there were three yeah, parts. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Three parts. And there was this whole dispute went on. There this is I remember this because there was we had a dispute with whoever it was ITV or Pearson TV something like that. Because if you only appeared in one of those sections, yeah. then you got paid I think for like half an episode or something like that oh, or right. something like that. And and if you appeared Oh no, that was it. They wanted to pay you for half an episode because if you only appeared as like one scene in one of these in, in one of these parts, you got paid for the whole episode. So, from our point of view, you know, if I had a line in that episode and I only had to turn up and say that line, yeah. great, I'm getting paid for the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. So they they wanted to sort of um, put a stop to that and say, look, if you're in two parts then, yeah, you get paid for the whole episode. Right. If you're get paid, if you only in one part, you get paid for half. And there was this whole massive equity dispute. And this was very near the beginning of when I joined. And I don't think I was even a member of Equity. And I remember phoning Equity up and sort of saying, oh, I better join. You know, this is the actors' union. And they were like, yeah, yeah, fine. I think they were quite happy. You like, yeah. come on, yeah, join us. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. And then I think, I, I can't remember the outcome, of, but I think we won... The outcome and it, and and so they had to be the writers had to be really careful about underusing characters. Right. So as I say, you, you know, you get your script and you look through and you go, right, am I in one part? Because they got wise that they could use you for one part but use you through the whole you yeah, know Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the whole part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, not just one line, but like really use you and then only pay you for half an episode. Oh, I think that was how it worked. And then right. but you could have like three lines. In one you know one one in one part, one in the second part, one in the third part, and you get paid for the whole episode right, so it's yeah. a very strange thing, but I was just happy to be getting juicy, you know it's great when you're getting the sort of juicy, interesting parts, you mm. know, like in terms of like those kind of episodes, like the haunted like yeah. so you know it's something a bit different you're not you're not sort of doing, like, as I say, the sort of, the classic, so what time was that then? Yeah. Yeah, what were you wearing? Yeah, kind of yeah. all that, you know, which, is, which were the classic, you know, it's like, I'm just going to keep asking that question and <laughs> I'll get it right one day, you know.
0: And so what happened, 2000, you'd done three years, was it your decision to move on?
1: Yeah, it was my decision. I, I got to, I got three years in and I was like, do you know what, if I don't get out now, mm. then I might, I'll probably, I'm just going to end up staying here. Mm. in retrospect <laughs> I've, kind of, I've had this thought many times I thought maybe you should have stayed like, <laughs> you know yeah. because at the time I was still young actor I was like 20 I must have been like 26, 27 and I was like I've got a career ahead of me I need to get out of here and I need to and you know and I had by this point I had like still had this self-belief and I had this incredible TV training yeah. and I was like right I'm going to go I'm going to go and I'm going to work and I'm going to I'm going to make I'm going to get out while I can. You know, this is going to be difficult because I'm not going to get paid every week and I'm not going to get these these bonuses coming through and all this. You know, I was really sort of used to the money. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. getting used to the money. I would bought a flat in Crouch End and I got a car and I was like, you know, kind of doing all right. I wasn't sort of being too extravagant or anything, but I was kind of like, yeah, this is all right. You know, I'm doing all right. And then I left... And I didn't work again for, like, another six months. And the wow. next the next job I did was I was in Panto yeah. as Tom Proctor. Wow. As Tom, Proc- Tom Proctor from The, the Bill. Bill. And yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is a... This, is this how it's going to be? You yeah, know? yeah, And yeah. something dawned on me that, you know, that I'd kind of... I wasn't sure I was going to be able to escape mm. this role. Mm. You know? But,
0: I mean, who's to say what... I mean, cause few months later most of it, i mean i think it was 15 cast members got axed that year is that what happened 15 yeah, yeah. Oh my god from uniform and cid so in fact only george and out of your time it was yeah. only george but survived the axe ah. Sean Scott, yeah gone billy murray obviously had his exit storyline and you know yeah but yeah, so it wasn't long before... They, they could big, have...
1: I could have been... Well, who knows? Yeah, but, who knows? But yeah. then again,
0: they, they, they brought in um, a new young DC yes. who did stay on. So that, that could have just continued to be you, to be honest. Maybe. You know, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. But.
1: It's an interesting one because I'm in on one level, you know, uh, I had to make the decision I made. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because it was like, if I'd stayed in there... And then, like, as you say, got axed, or whether I'd stayed in there for another, hour, however long it went on for. Yeah. Th- that's just going to lead me to another place of like, to have I made the right decision? You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I have to look back at that time and go, do you know what? One of the hardest decisions I made, but it was the right decision. Yeah. And it led to some painful <laughs> reality. Mm. <laughs> and I say that with a laugh because, you know, you have to laugh at these things. But yeah. But, you know, Suddenly the flat was gone and mm-hmm. and uh, and the regular income was gone and mm. I was a jobbing actor again and I wasn't really jobbing that much right. you know I was doing the odd work here and there but you know by two thousand and one or two thousand and two I decided I need to do something about this because I'm not getting the ro- I'm not getting the roles i uh, some sort of doubt had crept in about w- what my future was going to be mm. you know like where am I going to get my next ro- I can't, uh, you know what have I done here? Like you know, there was a sort of again, like maybe I've kind of I've I've jinxed myself by doing this role in the bill or whatever. And you know, there was. I'm not I'm not saying that it was like completely dried up, but it was. But having gone from working twelve hour days for three yeah. years, you know, seven days a week for three years, I was suddenly like, oh shit! Now I'm really having to. I'm at the back of the queue. Yeah. You know, with the, the you know, it doesn't matter that you were in the bill for three years. Mm. It doesn't count it felt that's how it felt yeah. you know it didn't count for anything and so I thought do you know what I'm gonna to go to Australia because Australia is a couple they're 18 months behind I've got an Australian passport yeah. I had a dual nationality and I thought why don't I go out there and try and capitalize on on the bill and see if I can get some work and I got out there and and it was hilarious really I should have done some research before I went but um I just remember getting there and the uh, you know there were a few films being made out there. I think like the Matrix and yeah. things like that were being made out there. And I just remember this casting director saying to me, "But you've kind of jumped out of like the sea into a pond, but because it's a pond, there's not much going on. Right. You know what I mean? So there's a few roles, but there's actually quite a lot of actors going up for those few roles. So, mm. so you've got a few films.
0: Don't you You've got V for Vendetta and Hulu Factory. You know, you got
1: big yeah. movies. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're all. The big names and big movies, you know, not exactly like you know starring roles, but you know at the time I was kind of like that will do. That's on the CV, yeah, you know. Yeah, that, yeah. That's quite that's quite a good, you know. V, v for Vendetta was uh, a, 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 marvelous to film that out in Berlin yeah. for three days. You know, I had such a laugh with that. Yeah. You know, I always have a laugh. I had a laugh with the guy. There was me and this other guy in the scene. We were um, surveillance operator one surveillance operator two. Yeah, yeah, and I was surveillance operator two. Right? <laughs> and we had this sort of banter going on in Berlin, like the day before filming and everything. And he kept saying, Well, you know, I've got the line, you know, so I'm obviously gonna Steal the scene, really, you know. And I was going, well, that's not always the case, is it? You know, in these major movies, it's usually the guy who says less yeah, yeah, who steals yeah. the scene. You know, it's like all the all the kind of periphery characters are the ones that do the speaking. And we were having a laugh about this, and then James McTeague, I think, was the director who'd been the assistant director on The Matrix. Oh wow, wow. And We were working with this guy, James McTeague, and I was thinking, wow, this is you know what an amazing opportunity. And we turned up on set, and we were on set in this surveillance room. And in my head, I thought, right, how am I going to steal this scene? (laughs) Because we've been having this banter. I thought, I know what I'm going to do. And we started the scene, right? And we're looking at these TV screens, and I start playing with this pencil on my face. In my thinking, I'm thinking, right, you're going to watch this at the cinema, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be watching this on a 20-foot screen, or however big. Where are you going to look? You're going to look at the movement, right? The the guy that's moving, whatever. So I start tapping my head with this pencil really fast, like I'm really concentrating on the screen. And then surveillance operator number one says his line. And then I keep, I look over and I look back and keep doing the pencil thing, right? Cut, the director cuts, and he comes in and he says, that was perfect, guys. Thank you so much. Greg, love what you're doing with the pencil. (laughs) And I just look round at my colleague and just kind of, Like yes, yeah. Victory is mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And 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 strangely enough, like I still get phone calls from friends who didn't realise I was in that film, who watched that scene, which is a minute scene in that film, who said I saw you in V Vendetta with the pencil. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like yes.
0: And you became like the commercial king for quite a while. I mean, you know, that famous one with the UFO, the car ad. Oh, the aliens. Yeah, 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 that was fun.
1: The way that I got that ad, and this the way I got any ad. I was working in the uh, East End. I remember I was like, I was actually being a cameraman for this boat show. There was this live show, and I was with a cameraman. And I'd been called to go and do a casting for this advert, so I rushed into town on my lunch break. I've just had to get in there as quick as possible and do the character, and then get back so they didn't notice that I was gone. Right. And then the next thing I know, I got a call and got I, I got the part. And it, you know, there's these other advert castings. You go and you sit there for like half an hour, like, really pouring over the script, like, oh, how am I going to do this, and da, 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 da. you know, yeah. you wouldn't hear back from it, yeah. so it was always, it was always something seemed like pot luck with those things. And you've played Indiana Jones? Oh my God, yeah. oh my God, you have been trawling me into that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was my friend Tim Newton, uh, who directed that, that was uh, an advert for a theme park? Yeah. A should... golf, golf yeah.
0: theme park? That's right, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was fun, that yeah. was fun, yeah. You
0: get your bolder moment, you yeah, know, it's yeah. good, isn't it? I also,
1: uh, I don't know if you know this, I also did a presenting gig for... Um,
0: What's it, a tra- railway? Railway safety. railway safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. great at
1: that. I did that for like three or four years, and um, interestingly enough, I became quite an expert on rail safety. Yeah. I say that just because <laughs> when I first started it, I had no idea what I was talking about. I was reading his autocue, and I was going, what the hell are- it's all this jargon yeah. and then by the end of it I knew what a spad was which is a signal passed at danger by the way oh, oh, uh, uh, and then and then I'd get on trains forever more and the drivers would kind of walk past and give me a knowing wink yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right, one mate. of us yeah, 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 yeah one of yeah, us yeah, yeah. and then the, uh, one of the directors on that I was, I was talking to him about psychosynthesis which is the sort of type of therapy that I practice and uh, he's now come and done a training here, and he's a therapist as well. So, right, wow. you know, spreading the word, spreading the word. Damn right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, you've been so kind in, in sharing your memories with this. I mean, was it a nice surprise for you to be asked to talk about the bill? I remember you, you wrote to me saying, I called you a legend because you are a legend. I mean, I did really, <laughs> You're one of my favourite characters, but you're also one of my favourite actors in the series. Well, I that's very
1: kind of you. Thank it's you. It's true. It's genuine. Thank I you.
0: really enjoy I've so loved rewatching. and well, it. I said this is like the era I grew up with. Oh, nice. And yeah, so to yeah, revisit yeah. it, I mean, I was so excited about coming to meet you. I mean, it's, oh, it's, Well, it's
1: nice to meet you too, and it's really lovely to talk about this stuff, because, you know, it's very much sort of filed away in the sort of... Uh, in the annals of you know, like wow, that was an experience. You yeah, know, I, yeah. I did that for three years, and that was fun. And that you know, in in, in a lot of ways, it, it it's part of the reason why I'm here, and I'm a therapist. <laughs> you yeah, yeah, you know, you yeah. know, because it, it it's all part of the journey. You know, as I said, there was a sort of a, for a sort of a young guy in his in his twenties to get a job like that was bound to need therapy. Mm. A few years later, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, again, I say that with a, a smile because. Yeah. And that's why I sort of thank it as well because it's like I had that opportunity yeah. to, to, to have that fun and that family and shine like that and, and realise that that actually was quite was an illusion mm. to, to you know I mean all it is an illusion really but it doesn't take away from the work the work and, and also you know hearing what you're saying about it being appreciated oh very much Appreciate so. you know you, yeah. and that's and nice still is, and that? that's nice to hear there's
0: people all around the world. It will be so. I mean, the podcast is extraordinary. A lot of people in the Philippines listen to this, and that's Bosnia amazing. And people will be so excited to hear your memories. You
1: know? Oh well, I hope so. You know, yeah. I hope so. It's lovely to go there and share it and and remember it yeah. and yeah. celebrate. You know, and to be, celebrate, be, that's be,
0: it. be proud. Of yeah, your yeah, work, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. And the people who are enjoying this are enjoying it for free. So we, is there a charity that you'd like people if they have a spare
1: couple of quid that they could uh, donate to? People have probably got charities they want to donate to. But, uh, but you know, a nice thing to do to, tonight when you're listening to this on the train or in your car or, or wherever you are at home or in the Philippines or in Australia yeah. or wherever you are, you know, just go and buy a sandwich for someone who's like finding it difficult to get a roof over their head or or is it, you know, just just buy them a bit of food or ask them if they want some chocolate or whatever, you know, just to treat someone to a nice meal. Mm. You know, buy them a coffee or something like that. That would do me, do you yeah. know what I mean? Very That's good. a nice thing to do. Do
0: it Do it for Greg. Do, <laughs> do it. it for Greg. Do it for, do it for Proctor. Proctor. <laughs> Damn right. Greg Donaldson, thank you over. so much. That has been you. awesome. It's a pleasure, pleasure. <laughs> Gold dust. Thanks to Greg for sharing his memories and really throwing himself into that interview. I really enjoyed uh, spending some time with him and I've got an enormous amount of admiration for his work as a counsellor the fact that he's helping others and making a difference to people's lives. are interested in reading more about Greg's counselling work, perhaps you are looking for a counsellor yourself. You can read more at www.emergingpurpose.net. Obviously don't get in touch to ask questions about the bill. This is serious and important stuff. So um, do uh, take a look if you'd like to learn more. You can also give Greg's Facebook page a like and a follow at Facebook.com forward slash Emerging Purpose. And you can follow the great man on Twitter, at Emerging Purpose, but the last E in purpose is the number three. So uh, he's very easy to find. You can also find uh, Greg's very instructive YouTube videos if you search for Emerging Purpose Counseling. Next, it's one of the most eagerly anticipated podcasts to date. I'm so excited about this, and it's for one and only Nuala Conwell.
1: Next time on The Bill Podcast.
0: When we first started to do The Bill, we watched a huge traffic accident. Peter Cagheen sat all the cars down, and he said, right, you're going to see a really big accident... And there was a a minibus that had crashed. There was a coach that had overturned. There was loads of different vehicles. And it was very, very dramatic. And he said to all of the cast, the drama is in what happens. The drama's not in you. Mm. I think that was the best bit of advice that he
1: could ever
0: have given us.